truth is, I am Iron Man. Lieutenant Dan! Inconceivable! I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome back to Flicks and Clicks. My name is Micah, and I am joined by Brock today. Hello. And Yep. Hey, Brock. What's up? Uh, we're just talking about movies as usual. As usual, we are going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's nine one thousand nine hundred and seventeenth movie. Whoa! Wait called a second. Nineteen seventeen. Oh, first just, of all, it was not released in nineteen seventeen. No. And second of well, all, this is not a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, that was a joke. Normally, Brock and I are talking about Christopher Nolan movies. Today, we've got a treat for you, though. We're 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 off the Nolan train today. We're yeah. going to be talking about 1917. Came out uh, last year. Was nominated for lots of different things, uh, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Score, Best Makeup, Best Screenplay, Production, Sound Editing. And it won for cinematography, visual effects, and sound mixing. So it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good track record. It is a pretty good track record. So that's uh, it's worth watching. Ten Definitely. nominations and three wins. Wow, pretty pretty great, pretty cool. Yeah. So nineteen seventeen, man. It's another cool war movie. Um, it's it's set in the year nineteen seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> we just watched it just now. I've seen it. I saw it in theaters. But we just now watched it. We did. It's true. This is the first time I've actually seen it. Uh, one of my buddies, Nolan, not Christopher Nolan, I don't <laughs> know him, but Nolan asked me a while back, have you seen 1917? He talks like that. And I was like, nope. And he was like, hmm, you need to see it. And so I've been I've been meaning to see it for a while. It's Nolan, a very if you're convincing listening, argument. Yes. Nolan, if you're listening, what's up? Um, anyway... We're here. We're talking about 1917. I just watched it for the first time and then watched a few other things, jotted down some notes. Um, so, Brock, what was your what were your first impressions of this movie? Did you see it in the theater or did you see it after? And then after that, just share kind of what your first impressions of the movie were. Yeah, so obviously the big draw was I heard that it was shot to look in one take. Um most people have heard that part of it, but if you take that out for a second and you think of it as just a movie, it it stands up. It's not just a gimmick. It's a well put together film. The fact that it was one take, the seemingly one take, made it a great theater experience because the theater experience doesn't let you take a break, pause, grab a snack, go to the bathroom. So you're just as breathless as the characters. You have to go through it in real time with them. There's not really a break. There's a couple times where things slow, but just that tension always pulled tight in the theater with all those loud booms. It's it's a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Was this right off the bat? Was this like, oh, this is one of my new favorite war movies? Was did you kind of get that? I that? liked it a lot just because of the ambitious. Uh, scale of what they're trying to do. That's a, a lot of the reason why I like Nolan films is just because he tries to do things that aren't in the regular conventions. And this was definitely one of those ambitious projects where a lot of people would avoid this to try to make a movie and hit other points of quality and points of uh, other 
they try to make other achievements with the film and not do something as crazy as try to make it look like it was all in one shot. So I just have so much respect for their ambition in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely ambitious. The uh, boy, you said theater experience. I didn't experience it in the theater. So we did actually pause it halfway through cause I had to go to the bathroom pretty bad. <laughs> um, but I was looking because I knew that the whole movie was kind of shot to look like it was in one take. So I was because of that, I was looking for, you know, spots where I was like, I wonder if they're going to cut it here, you know, or where did they cut? Where does it look like that they cut? And I think I might have found some, but at the same time, there were so many other parts that I was like, man, how did they, you know, they've got a dude on a harness or they've got a crane or they've got a drone or they've, and they had all of those things, I'm pretty sure, at least once. Um, so just the the filming of this is very, very, very good. Um, it made me think of the first little bit of Revenant. Do you remember the first little, oh, little yeah, bit of the Revenant? Yeah. Where it's like kind of just the stream. We watched it. that in your dorm room a yeah. while back. <laughs> yeah, we totally did. That was a good time. That movie makes me feel cold. Like It's like, because you're just like in the mountains. Definitely the doesn't make me feel hungry. <laughs> Hungry for uh, raw bison, maybe? Mm, yeah. Or maybe some horse meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, 1917. Um, so if you haven't seen it, we're going we're gonna to talk about it here for a little bit without spoiling anything. There's a couple of, uh, of key spoilers. Um, obviously, you know, what happens at the end, the thing that it's pushing towards, and then a couple other things maybe earlier that we will not talk about for a little while so if you haven't seen it you are free and can hear what we think if you are thinking of seeing it or not before you get to spoilers so we will let you know when we get there but we're not there yet so you are kind of shared your initial reactions let me share a little bit i we just finished watching this movie like probably an hour ago or 45 minutes ago and that was the first time i saw it so i think yeah, I mean, kind of like what you said, ambitious uh, filmmaking for sure. Their their sets are crazy. The one thing I could not stop thinking about was like the blocking is is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, so blocking, if you don't know, is is like the plan, right? It's the yeah. plan for who stands where at the, what time. The choreography of it yes, all. Yes, exactly. And so it's just incredible. There's so many times where they, they probably have 15 to 20 minute segments of this movie that are all one take i'm i'm guessing yeah there's just so much theater in like in that sense of like the discipline of theater there was so much that went into that so many long takes some movies have that one iconic long take this movie even though it isn't a true one take it's full of iconic one takes yeah totally uh, there's yeah, and the visual effects, the visual effects are really good. I mean, they won the Oscar for visual effects, so the whole thing is just very, you know, realistic and 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 grisly. And so, essentially, what the uh, uh, plot is is um, it, it takes place um, in France, like northern France, is where it, where it takes place. And uh, there's this 
it's obviously it's in 1917, right? So you can't just like call your buddies or text them or shoot them an Instagram message, no. right? So you've got a, you've, they've got what's called runners and these runners will go back and forth and take messages back and forth from, from different crews. And so this general tasks these two young dudes who are probably like 20 or younger um, to run a message to another uh, like 1600 man group of uh, soldiers to to save their lives to save their lives to not go into battle because they're planning to go into battle like the next morning and one of the fellas um, uh, Corporal Blake is uh, has a brother his older brother is a lieutenant um, in the battalion yeah. in, that's about to go into yes. the ambush. Yeah, exactly. So, so they know kind of the general kind of knows, you know, you're, you've got a stake in this, um, <laughs> you've got a stake in this claim, you, you know, you can, you've got something to fight for. And yeah, so he's he going to ensure him, that that message gets to him. Exactly. And so, so essentially what they do is they send them over the front lines, like to try to deliver this message. Because they, they've found out that the Germans have planned out this whole thing to wipe out that 1,600-man uh, uh, battalion, um, so to speak. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the weight of this whole movie. And something that I thought of was, I don't know of, because uh, a lot of movies use the editing and use f- cuts to carry a lot of um, suspense. Like, they'll use jump cuts or they'll use a cut from a, from an intense scene to like a non-intense scene to like build the hype of that other scene. Right. But this one really is, it's one story. So you follow these characters, these two young dudes, the whole time you follow just those two guys, like the entire movie, you follow them all the way from the start to the end. So it's not like it shows the general telling them and then they run off and you see them, going on their mission for 20 minutes and then it goes back to what the general is thinking. It never does that. There's like it, no flashbacks, there's no parallel storylines, there's there's none of that. It's yep. your point of view is their point of view, you're in this with them, you experience it in real time with them. Yeah, and when you think if you think of that, that's not very many movies. A lot of movies really carry carry weight and carry what's the word suspense they carry the suspense in the different cuts and the different characters and all this kind of stuff yeah and there's no omniscient perspective there's no dramatic irony you know what the characters know you you have to go through it with them exactly yeah there's no uh narration there's no yeah it's none of that so so it's with that in mind um because this is a battlefield you know it's and all filmed like it's in one take. It's very, very intense. Um, and it's it's intense to the point where it's like one of the more intense uh, movies throughout as far as like war movies go. Sure, um, yeah. Because even when you do get a break, there's this timer on what needs to be done. So there's moments in the film where you get to sit down and breathe for a second. But even in those moments, you're like, man, we got to go. Definitely. We, we got to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. It was, man. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's challenging sort of, it's sort of challenging to watch when we, when we got up to break, 
because I had to go to the bathroom, um, then my wife had like something in her eyes, so she was like washing her face in the bathroom or something. And I was like, are you ready? <laughs> like, we need to finish this movie. I'm like Let's kind go. of pacing because I just want to know what happens next. Um, so yeah, so this is, uh, it's, it's quite a, quite, um, words are kind of escaping me right now, but it's quite suspenseful. Yeah, but your thoughts are fresh. Fresh. Yes, the fresh they are very, right that now. is true. Very fresh. We thoughts. wouldn't even, we were eating a second ago and we wouldn't even talk about it then because nope. we gotta, we gotta keep it fresh. Yeah. And if you've never experienced a, uh, grilled cheese, so sweet that, is just beautiful <laughs> words are also escaping like, you here <laughs> like the ones brock makes then i'm sorry because you need to experience those those things because they're I'm very about, tasty i'm all about the grilled cheese it's all about the grilled cheese man all right well as we jump into this i want to i we will talk about it but i want to set aside the one take factor of this movie because everybody talks about the one take factor. Yes. Let's just talk about this movie as a movie for a moment because mm-hmm. as a movie, it's great. It holds up. It has, it's, it's interesting to me. It's a star studded cast in a way, but also combined with some faces that you've never seen before. And I really appreciate that because in the army or in this sort of setting, all of these nobodies are around you. And then the generals in this movie are played by some A-listers, some recognizable faces, and those are the people you know. And so when we run into a, a higher-ranking officer in this movie, we recognize them because it's Colin Firth. It's uh, Mark Strong. It's Benedict, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, and that's cool to me. I like that I didn't really know uh, the other characters and all the other guys in the trenches were sort of faceless. Because that's sort yeah. of the way it is. And this is a two-hour movie, and those three guys maybe have six minutes of screen on time, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, the like A-listers. The, they don't have much. Right. And so that being said, like it was really cool how they used used those guys. It made me think a lot of how Nolan uses A-listers sometimes. Um, he'll throw an A-lister in just sure, for, yeah. for a little bit, um, especially in like Dunkirk. Um, the uh, What's that guy's name? Oh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. He just but, pops up randomly. Yeah, but uh, there's a general in Dunkirk who plays, um, he's like, he directed uh, Murder on the Orient oh, Express. Oh, yeah, yeah, that and, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he in threw, the boat. He, yeah, he... <laughs> yeah, no, not in the boat. Not in the boat. Different guy. No, that's Mark Rylance, who you're thinking oh, of. Oh, yeah, yep. I can't think of the other guy's name. That's horrible of me. Come on, I run a podcast. I should know this guy's <laughs> name. I'm, I've got grilled cheese brain. <laughs> <laughs> cheese brain <laughs> okay yeah, so the, yeah so if we're thinking about this movie without the extended take yeah i agree i i think it's 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 a very good war movie it's it's a very different take on a war movie if you take you know just that part out it, it really just follows these two young runners um and as they're just trying to go and one's trying to save his brother, the other guy's trying to help him save the brother and 1,600 soldiers from uh, essentially getting uh, annihilated. So Yeah, and they're not like overly talented. They're not like uber handsome Brad Pitt types. They're just like a couple guys who happen to ha- get this task. And I mean, they're maybe 
well, they're braver than the average Joe, but everybody's got to be out there in World War One. So it's it's really interesting to watch it, and you're and you're seeing their shakiness and their like they're not sure of themselves, and they they don't just push through everything without it hurting them or setting them back. Like you really feel the pressure on these guys. Definitely, yeah, they it's crazy because they wake him up at the beginning of the movie and they say, are you Lieutenant Blake? Like, yeah. He goes, okay, pick one guy. I've got a job for you. He goes, okay. It's like really yeah. early. So and he just picks the like guy washing next to him. some dishes or running an errand. They yeah. Don't he know thinks they're, they're going to go like they're retrieve some food or get some ammo or whatever. So he just like picks the guy next to him, which I'm pretty sure is his, you know, his buddy. They've been hanging out, I guess, I guess you could call it hanging out, but they've been, working together for a little while, I guess. There's no backstory at this point, so you have no idea. It's like literally the first scene of the movie. And so he just picks his friend, wakes him up, and they walk over to this thing. And then the general, who's Colin Firth, is like, okay, here's your mission. And they're like, isn't that the front line? <laughs> He's yeah. like, yep. It's <laughs> he past the front line. <laughs> it's past the front line. We think the we think the Germans have moved, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't get any... Um, Resistance. resistance from that yeah yeah exactly but and they don't like, know okay <laughs> that's the, just the, what they've been told they've been sitting in this trench not daring look over it lest they get a bullet to the face exactly so lieutenant blake is the one whose brother is there and so he kind of says uh blake you've got a, a brother he goes yeah is he he's alive yeah he's alive we know we think you know but he might not be for long basically and so yeah and there's the stakes yeah and so blake is like a hundred percent like I have to go save my brother. I'm in whatever it takes. And the other guy is like, Schofield is not sure. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hold on. You just, you know, I had no say in this. You volunteered me and now we're going on a suicide mission basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. So, wow. That those scenes when they're like going through the trenches. Oh man. Oh yeah. And it's really interesting how much they put into realism and, historical accuracy here because like just the fact that they have to haul this note you're like oh well that's kind of dumb like isn't there a better way than to send two guys across this field but i was looking at it a little bit more and they did have a telegraph at this point but to do that you have to run a physical line so if you run a physical line to your other battalion first of all that's kind of hard to roll one they did do it sometimes but the problem is that the enemy can just cut it. Once they sever it, your line of communication is gone. Or worse, they can tap into it and intercept those messages. Because it's pretty rudimentary. You just got a line, and then it sends your pulses to your receiver, and that's what you got. And so if you don't want those to get intercepted or if it's cut, you just got to send a man. You got to send a man. You got to send a pigeon. You got to put hope in something because they don't have the ways of communication that we take for granted now. And really, what better hope than a guy who's trying to go save his brother? I yeah. mean, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of terrible because they're yeah. sort of using him, but yeah. at the same time, like they if need anyone to can do it, he that can. it gets there, right? Because they've got to save the two battalions that are for sure going to perish if yeah. they go through with their attack. Oof. But yeah, we can talk about the one shot. Um, it's hard not to talk about the one it shot. It is. It is hard to. <laughs> but it's technically, not to rain on anybody's parade, but it's a two shot. It's two. It's shot as two long takes. 
Mm-hmm. Not one. It's not a one shot. It's a two shot. There's a there's a part where uh, about halfway through, yeah, where the lights go out, like they get knocked out, right? Mm-hmm. And we're getting into spoiler territory, sorta. Here, not so. really, though. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. We're not quite spoiling it. So then, when the characters wake up, it's like night. At yeah, and the point. camera's moved there. Yeah. Like it's it's broken in that point. Right. Uh, so it wasn't like we have to have everything a one shot. It serves its purpose. It's really great to be immersively moved throughout the space the whole time. But in that moment they they leave it on the floor and they they go to a second shot. They it wasn't sacrilegious to them to make that choice there. Right. And and well, and it kind of it made sense too because he, you know, the characters get knocked knocked out and when, if it's a perspective yeah film then your perspective is being knocked out also right and when they wake up they have no idea it's just dark they know that and so they have no idea that you know essentially they know that the this battalion is going to attack in the in the, the next morning you know so that it's dark and so they're like okay so we still have some time and they're not too far away but it's you know, dark. No, because it's not miles. It's not a day's journey. It's like it's a little ways. It's a dangerous, it's a dangerous stretch stretch of land. But like there is time. It's just that the time gets painfully thinner and thinner. And it's crazy that because you think most movies span over a period of a few while, days, a few week, days, a maybe week, even but years. it gives backstories, you know, years. You think of other war movies, um, you know, take Dunkirk out of it. But if you think of like Hacksaw Ridge, like the exposition it goes into with the main character, with Andrew Garfield's character is like years long. Oh, yeah. Um, and that movie's fantastic, but it's like, you know, it's like years long, whereas this movie really is just like one day and it starts at the beginning of the day and ends at the end of the the next day basically and and it's all of those one shots that we're talking about happen in real time and so like the you know 25 to 35 to 45 minutes of the first day when it follows the the journey right it really is that long and so yeah. that's how long it took them to get across that section mm-hmm. of land so it's really there's no not, montages there's, exactly there's it's nothing. really not that far but it's just, it's the front line. Yeah. And the cool all the battles happening is you don't notice. Sometimes you forget that it's a one shot movie. Honestly, there's times where you're just in it and you're, you're not thinking about it as a gimmick. You're just, wow. Like I'm a, like, you're immersed, you're invested. And then sometimes you're like, oh wait, like we haven't cut in a long time. Or that was a, that was a fancy camera move. But like most of the time you you forget that this is a one shot film. And I think that's a credit to the direction and the visual effects and the fact that they want a visual effects is really fitting to me because some of the best visual, some of the best visual effects are the ones that you don't notice. True. And you don't notice a lot of visual visual effects in this. They had a ton, but you don't see them and that's what makes them effective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Um, are we spoilers now? Are we spoilering? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and open it up to the full storyline. Okay, so we're spoiling it right now. If you have not watched it and you are the are a spoiler type person, I would not 
listen to the rest until yeah, you've seen it's, it's great to experience without knowing the full arc i think it ups the tension a little bit if you want that in this movie go ahead and watch it now and before we spoil it definitely so here we are spoiler territory um so we're like 40 minutes into the movie not even halfway probably less than that maybe 30 minutes into the movie and lieutenant blake the guy who's got all the stakes and everything dies he's gone like dies and so he's the main character not just a he's the first guy we see on screen he's the one who's like moving the story forward he's the protagonist he's the one who's got the brother who he's trying to save and then he's gone he dies yeah so that's such a that's another ambitious wrench to throw into a movie is let's kill off our protagonist and keep the audience invested let's keep going let's let's move forward yeah, and the guy who he kind of just uh, recruits, recruits, ropes in, ropes in, bamboozles. <laughs> um, I've got it. Here it is. The guy he volunteers for this. Oh yeah, is left to do it by himself, and like take lieutenant or lieutenant, not lieutenant, lieutenant Dan, lieutenant Dan. Uh, to take Corporal Blake's, uh, like... Take the message to Right, but, but but even more than that, it takes his rings and takes, like, his personal belongings, and he's like, I got to deliver them to his brother. Because that's, yeah. you know, it's just crazy. So that whole sequence of them when uh, when that plane crashes was so cool. And, okay, this is something that I didn't really like about the movie is because you've seen the previews. The previews yeah. had the two most incredible shots in the entire movie in them. Yeah, which is a little... Which is a little frustrating. Yeah. I mean, the shot where the plane comes at him and like the flaming plane comes and crashes and the other scene when he's like running across the battlefield with explosions behind him, both of those were in the, in the preview. Yeah, and that would be such a hit to see that for the first time in that moment i know you gotta sell the movie you gotta make a preview that people like but sometimes you gotta hold back those i i would have liked it if they had held back at least one of those yeah because there's there's a lot of beautiful shots in this movie but like if you'd held back one of those epic ones and then you showed it to us for the first time like that would have been so crazy it's still a marvel to see it but I have a little bit of frustration with previews that reveal way too much of the movie before you actually get to experience it for what it is. It's true. It's very true. So, yeah, but but that's how that's kind of what happens. So this this plane crashes and it's like flaming and these two guys narrowly escape the plane running into them of all the places for the plane to crash crashes like right in front of them. Um, and so they help the guy who crashed. Yeah, because he's on fire. He's like they on fire. They want to watch him burn to death. Right. So they help him, and he's German. And so they're like, get him some water. So the uh, Corporal Schofield goes over and like gets some water. And when that's happening, the German stabs Corporal Blake. Like just stabs him like right in the belly. Yeah. Like slashes him. Just betrays him immediately after they decide to help him. Yeah. So they... Uh, so Schofield drops the water thing and shoots him. Frustrating and sad yeah. and heart wrenching, oh, confusing. Man. Yeah, they 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 do this though, don't they? In every war movie, they portray 
the Germans as these like heartless. Yeah. They, we, they really do. I mean, easy, they, it's easy to do it. You're like, well, yeah. like we're going to have some, the bad guys, some bad guy. But right. like, if you think in that moment, you were just being shot at in a plane, you just crashed and you're alive and then you're on fire. Then two soldiers from the other side, haul you out of your plane. Like then you stab one of them. Everything's moving so fast. Yeah. He's, He's in shock at that moment. Like, yeah, that's true. He's still responsible for what he did, and what a what a jerk move, dude. But like in context, you're like you can see how those events could unfold that way. And before that happened, Corporal Blake saved Corporal Schofield Schofield's life. Like he saved his life. They were in the middle of these trenches, not even a trench. They were in this big like tunnel underground, like bunk area, and this dumb rat like trips the booby trap trips a booby trap and it starts blowing up the whole place so it starts like caving in with all this yeah. dirt and and that's also and historically accurate because as lines got moved you just spent so much time building these trenches in world war one that there was a lot of booby trapping going on of like well if they're gonna take this ground they're gonna suffer for it and that happened a lot in world war one yeah that's crazy <clears throat> There was a lot of rats in this movie. Oh yeah, and a lot of them were done in post. Yeah, they were that's true. visual effects rats because you can't if you're doing these long takes and you got to do all of this perfectly. <laughs> yeah, you either, don't want to. You either count have, on this rat. You're like, okay, we don't want to go have, clear back to the beginning of this one. Right. You bucko. either have an animatronic rat or you put it in post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it. it a lot of those visual effects, you don't you don't notice them at all. You can't tell, you can't see it. Um, and I think a lot about visual effects. I watch a ton of stuff on it. I studied it a little bit in college. So like I I'm a little bit out of the immersion at points because I'm just looking for how did they make this in one take? Where did they cut there? And I did notice a lot. Um, definitely a lot on the second viewing. But sure. a lot of it is handoffs. You've got a camera on a cl- on a crane. It clips down. You're holding it like with a person on a motorcycle on a jeep. You clip it back onto a crane. It goes over. There's a lot of fancy camera. That work. is awesome. But the VFX. Anytime I'm gonna ruin it for anybody who <laughs> hasn't noticed this, but anytime the whole <laughs> screen is covered by anything probably a cut so a tree passes in front of the your point of view or it or a, a, a guy passes yeah. in front i Any was looking i was looking for those moments mm-hmm. i was like oh that's probably a cut. you can do a wipe cut right over yep. that tree real you easy can, if there's anything like that easy place for vfx vfx artists to put in a cut but then there's other things that they do that i was looking for that i know because i've looked them up and i couldn't tell like they built virtual 3d models of the two characters so that of of the back side of them so that they could blend two cuts wow and i've seen the 3d models they look really good and i was looking for those moments where they're like crawling over a trench and it's the 3d models for a second and then they it blends perfectly into the motion of the next shot of wow. them finishing that motion Fancy. they they figured out how to do that and i couldn't notice it i was looking for those moments where they use those 3D models. When he jumps into the river, that's a 3D model. There's all these little moments where they they just have a really short 
blend shot where they have to string together this one 20 minute shot with the next 20 minute shot. <laughs> That's just crazy. I I'm pr- they dug over like 4,000 f- feet. No, 4,000 miles. No, not 4,000. A lot of trenches. Not 4,000 miles. Dig. 4, 000, over 4,000 feet of trenches. They had to build for the set basically. So yeah. in world war one, I'm pretty sure there was over 35,000 uh, just miles and feet, miles. But there's of... like miles and miles and miles of trenches. Um, but they had to build so many of them for this movie. Um, and they built them in such a way where the the English, their trenches looked different than the German trenches, oh, yeah, which, I thought was, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, this is a little bit they different. They had the street signs and everything. Because yeah. you get lost in those It things. was cool. It was really cool. Um, man, I... Just the opening, I just want to think, talk about the opening sequence again when they find out like what their mission is. It follows them going through these trenches for like probably eight or nine minutes. I'm pretty sure it's all big, one big cut because it doesn't really mm-hmm. cut in front of anything. There are so many moving pieces in that. It's just even, like all of the extras and everything was just so good. Yeah, everybody, just the way, like their demeanor, the people just sort of encrusted into these walls. And just the costuming and the total, just the whole atmosphere of this movie just feels so real. Yeah, absolutely. So, so back to the big spoiler: Corporal Break, Corporal <laughs> Corporal Blake uh, dies. Um, the German kills him. So Schofield's left by himself, and he's and now like, we have new protagonist. There, that scene when he's like dying in Schofield's arms was like wow but it, it i cried was, a little bit you did i yeah. saw that <laughs> it was interesting Both to times. me it was interesting to me to see that was the handoff between protagonist to protagonist and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a oh well it really was actually it was a it was a dialogue handoff because towards the beginning or towards the end corporal blake is like what happened oh no and Schofield's like, oh no, like he realized like his brain's starting to go because he's yeah. lost too much blood. And so like he doesn't realize what just happened, even though it just happened three seconds ago and he never blacked out. So it was like just this, this realization, Schofield's like, oh no, like it's not going to happen. And Blake asks him, am I, am I dying? Yeah. That scene, it's like really dramatic, but not in the movie way. It just feels so human. It really, like, it really These did. two friends really dealing yeah. with this moment. And Schofield was like. I think you are. Yeah, he has to yeah, he has I, to I grapple are, with man. that in like, that moment and oh, choose man. how he's going to respond to his friend. It's so crazy. tough. It was very tough. And so, you know, he's like giving him a few things. Hey, can you can you make sure to write to my mother and tell her that I was brave and stuff like that and find my brother and then he said, "Do you know the way?" Yeah. Like he's like he's like, asking you gotta, him. You got to keep going. Because because Blake is the one who knows the map really well. Schofield yeah. is just kind of along for the ride. And so he's like, "Do you know the way?" And Schofield's like, "I go south southeast to such and such a town and just to the, you know, southern border of that or whatever by a river." Yeah. Is where and, I'm supposed to go. And now Schofield who felt roped into this thing is now fulfilling a dying wish. So he yep. he moves forward from that point with this newfound motivation. And I think that was the handoff where he goes, where Blake says, uh, do you know the way? And he's like, 
I do know the way and tells it to him exactly. Yeah. And then Blake breathes his last as Schofield's kind of still talking about it. And that's it. Yeah. Perfect movie moment in that uh, was the soundtrack ended exactly when he breathed his last oh, breath. Oh, I didn't notice that. That is, and so, wow. So you nothing know. changed in that moment except the music and immediately Schofield looks at him and you look at him and you know that, oh man, like he's not coming back. And the most infuriating part of that is moments later, help arrives just too late. They were like, we're going to get you to a medic post. we got to do something. Something's going to save him. And you're like, yeah, something is going to save him. Like less than two he's minutes. He's the protagonist. Yep. Some way this is going to work out, but he yeah, dies. The whole then, time I'm like holding out hope until that moment when he starts going, what just happened? And I'm like, oh no. Yeah, he's gone. I'm like, he needs like something now, but he's not going to mm-hmm. get it because it's just these two guys out in the middle of nowhere. And then right in after no passes, man's land is what they call it. The whole platoon in the Jeeps or in the caravan, whatever they are. Yeah, Mark, they show up Mark just Strong's, too late. Mark Strong's like platoon or whatever comes and is like, Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Such a powerful scene when he's sitting in the back of that truck. Everyone's telling funny stories and yeah, and, and having this banter. Like, and he, they on. don't know what he's just been through. He's just sitting there with this blank look on his face. And you're seeing him process all of this that, that the people around him, they have no idea. And and I think the moment where the moment where Schofield realizes he's the one who has to do it is when the truck gets stuck. So to me, in the viewer's eyes, Blake, it passes, the protagonist passes from Blake to Schofield when he asks him, do you know the way? And then he explains the way. Then Schofield's still just kind of wrestling with it, like, can I do this? Yeah, because you don't see it set in until that moment. No, he, he doesn't set in at all until that truck, the truck stops and gets stuck in the mud. And all of these like really lazy soldiers who don't know what he's just been through, who are telling jokes, kind of get out and they're like, "Ugh, if only this stupid driver wouldn't send us through the mud." Yeah, and they have like almost a contrary motivation of like, the farther these trucks drive, the closer we get to battle. So they don't really want this truck to no. go faster. So they're kind of like just like one guy's like eating a sandwich, another guy's like smoking a cigarette. They're just kind of like whatever, you know. And he's like, "Help me move this truck." Schofield yeah. like starts screaming at him. Like, yeah, that's Move. that's and when he's decided. He's decided like I need to do this. He needs this, and to I need happen. to do it right now. So yeah, that was that was a really cool scene to me too. Um, one of my favorites when he's trying to get all those guys, and finally they're like, "All right, let's help them," you know, and they start helping mm-hmm. them. That was really cool, cool moment. Um, yeah, definitely man. a huge turning point in the movie. Yeah, another turning point is when he gets shot at for the first time. Yeah, the cut. Um. Are you talking about no before the cut oh. when he's going across that broken bridge mm-hmm. and then he gets shot at for the first time? You don't you expect him? Well, he's, they've been alone for this long. He's just going to continue to be alone, and then suddenly he is not alone anymore. Yeah. There are so many enemies past that point, <laughs> and it, it's it's really to the benefit of this guy Schofield that it started happening right then because it gave him absolutely no time to settle down from his like okay I'm going to do this. So he's already like, I'm going to do this. And he's going across this broken bridge. He starts getting shot at. And he's getting shot at by like a sniper through like a window. And so he literally is like, and like jumps up with his rifle and like shoots yeah. where he thinks the guy is. And he even though the guy has deal. a beat right on where yeah. his spot is. So he it's has like, to deal oh. with this threat because if he yeah. doesn't, he can't move past this guy. He's going to keep shooting at him until he picks him off. And it's when he crazy. gets a hit on him, 
he can't assume that that worked. He has to or, know for sure. Or that he's the only guy up there. He's, he just has to go yeah. for it. The bravery, man, of this guy. He'd really decided at this point. Oh, that was that was yeah. that was powerful for sure. Um, so, just the honestly, way- I had a quick moment where I was like in the theater. Are we gonna get a new protagonist? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that did this guy die too? Whatever they, what? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, just the way that this movie uh, carries. I've talked about it already a lot, but the way that it carries the suspense um, is really really interesting. Because again, not no cuts. Um, none of the cuts change the suspense at all. It's all about the decisions of this guy of Schofield and, you know, previously Schofield and Blake, but now it's just Schofield and his decisions to like push forward and just be brave. And like, cause those dudes found him. He didn't have to do any of that. He should have, he could have just been like, Oh, we just been wandering we had some, you know, he could have been like, can I just go with you guys? Yeah, or just succumbed to the general horribleness of it and laid down and died. Honestly, he could have. Because everything, I what what did he have to live for other than yeah. to fulfill the dying wish of, of Blake and save those men? So, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, pretty cool to have two different protagonists in a movie um, where it just, you know, it's really just following one of them and then hands it off and is following the other one. And you've only seen these guys for 35 minutes and that's it. Like, and, and there's no backstory at all. Yeah. They're just, I guess that's a little bit of a criticism that I have is it felt like there could have been more character development. There were some good moments where we learned about some of their lives in conversation, but we don't know a ton about them. It's, I say this as I cried, <laughs> having enough emotional yeah. investment to achieve that. So that's fair. But I think the tone of the movie would have been different if they had done more exposition on these characters. I, yeah. Because the tone was very much like, like it starts with like this sweeping uh, field shot. And it's like they're waking up and you they're already like kind of dirty. And so you're like, oh, these guys have kind of been in tough spots yeah. already and they're it just kind of throws you right into the middle which was pretty cool and and the suspense really starts right there even though there's no bad guys around so it's just yeah uh the music what did you think about the music in this movie brock uh, another cool thing about it you didn't notice it you're not gonna get any of the tunes stuck in your head it just played its purpose it was like you said you didn't notice the music in uh in corporal Blake's death scene you, and you don't notice it at times sometimes you're like wow it's getting intense and so I know it's intense but a lot of times it's background and it does it plays its purpose of enhancing the tension enhancing some part of the experience it doesn't get in the way it doesn't play a lead role totally the the moment where I realized how good the music was was when the guys uh Blake and Schofield got past no man's land and made it to the, the Germans trenches. Like when they made it to the trenches, Mm -hmm. then there's this cool piano, like this piano motif that plays over and over Uh with less like this really, I don't know if I noticed that. It builds so much suspense, that little piano thing. I was like, Ooh, like I was holding my wife's hand. I was holding it a little bit tighter at that point. I was like, Oh, this is like, this is getting (laughs) real here. (laughs) Um, and that, that built a lot of suspense and then it kind of went away 
when they made it into that bunk room and yeah. then they're like oh, a tripwire and then it kind of came back a little bit so that was that was really cool um and then the music towards the end when when the scale starts to get bigger when Schofield's getting shot at and running through you've got town, more of the orchestra yeah running through town ruins or literally running across a battlefield there's quite a bit of uh, a change in the music there is a really yeah. big um orchestral type the amount of players increases in this scene and Absolutely. so the amount of players in the orchestra increases to reflect that definitely and yeah because really there's i want to talk about relief in this movie a little bit there's oh, like yeah. there's like no comic relief in this movie yeah is there any funny parts um like at all a, there's a couple of insults thrown back and forth where you see that crude humor that's in the trenches uh, like the guy talks about like you could use a new set of teeth and that's couple, true. They, like they're making fun of that one guy. Um, okay. But it, so it's maybe like, there's like two it's, but it's crude. <laughs> it's crude military. Like we got to say something to funny to get through today. Kind of humor. Yeah. None of it is it's, lighthearted. It's not, you're not marketing this movie as a comedy in any sense. It's yes. not like a Marvel movie where yeah, right. part of the reason you watch it is because there's a funny side. It's just sort of part of the human culture in this movie yeah absolutely and relief in the relief from tension side we got to talk about the forest scene when he climbs out of the river there's that one soldier singing he like he doesn't have like a pop star voice but he has an amazing voice and he's just so earnestly singing this song to these guys who are about to go back into battle. Yeah, it's probably like four or five hundred dudes. You like, just get in the woods, like lean up against this tree and sit down and just exist for a second and process everything that's happening. Because he just was running after dudes shooting at him and jumped off of a giant waterfall. So exhausted. And then getting out point. of the water had to crawl over dead bodies yeah. to like get out of the water. His and cardio like at that crying point is... and then stops crying because he hears someone singing. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, in the back of my head I'm like, you gotta go. I know. Like the whole time I was like, morning dude, you can't sit down. Of, yeah. It's the morning of you gotta go. And so oh, even man. though it's so relaxing in that moment, there's that tension in the background. And another relief point um, two is when he he's hiding from that guy running from him and finds this French woman with this random baby oh, that's yeah, not even in hers, the basement room like in a basement room and she, we don't know this woman probably just found this baby not yeah. too long ago because she's like I have no food you know he's like here I have some food some bread and this baby's like less than a year old and yeah. she's like he can't eat that <laughs> like what, what am I supposed to do with that he needs milk and he's like Turns out I was just on this farm <laughs> where my friend died and I've got some milk here. So that was kind of cool. But that was a really good um, uh, moment of like, okay, he's chilling now. And you don't really know what time it is. You just know it's dark. So you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure he's got time, right? Yeah. And then the bell for like the the big town clock starts ringing. And it's like, and you start ding, counting, ding, 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 six times. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's six a.m. He's got to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he like gets. We stuff. don't know what time in the morning. So We're just he's like, like in the morning. Yeah, he's like hanging out with this girl, like like playing with the baby essentially, which is like a really good relief moment. You're like, oh man, he finally yeah. has this moment to kind of rest a little bit. 
<laughs> and then he hears it ding and he hears it keep dinging and then counts six and he's like oh my gosh and like just has to get up and go and, and then she there, says no stay like it's almost light they'll see you yeah and, and he's like i have to i, I can't to explain this to you i didn't take enough french yeah pretty much that that was my favorite what I, I think that was my favorite part of the whole movie was when it when it rang six times because because I was in tune yeah. enough to like, there's after no the caption third one, I was that like, says okay, like 6 a.m. the next day. Right. Like you're with it. Yep. You're with him and you're counting and then you have the same uh, realization. Yeah. I was like, oh, you got to go. He got to go. And then that whole rest of that next scene is him um, trying to essentially beat the sun so that everyone can see him or he's, just, he's trying to beat all these guys running after him. And the only thing that he has is like, it's still barely light out. Yeah. Yeah, and then he jumps off. He barely gets out thing. of there. I thought it was kind of, it was kind of like almost like too easy that like he jumped off the river, and then rolled went onto shore and found the exact dudes he was looking for. Yeah, um, but but at, but at the same time they set it up really well. They said because that they, it was slightly downriver. So right, if if right. he was if he was not being chased, he would have followed the river. He wouldn't exactly. have floated. Because if, if you've ever been in a yeah. river like that, that is not the way you would want to go. <laughs> True. But I just I just felt like that was a little bit, like a little bit forced. But again, wasn't too bad. Wow. Yeah, man. This was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was great. It, and themes for a second. It's a full circle. It's a one shot or it's a two shot technically. But it's also a full circle movie. Yeah. You start with him leaning up against a tree, you end with him leaning up against a tree. And Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. The interesting thing to me about themes there is it that made it feel more hopeless to me. Like this whole story was just another day. Just another like, day in the life of these Like that wasn't the yeah. end of the war that like it was su- such high true. stakes this whole time, but like he leans back up against this tree. And then they're like, everybody's going to go back at it the next day. And if you think about it, the f- whole first wave, they went over the line. He said, like, if if Lieutenant Blake went over the line, he's either in the, like, the deceased tent or the medical tent or otherwise. And he didn't say what otherwise meant. But everybody who went over that line and didn't get hauled back is just there. Like there's no second wave coming to support their attack. Yeah. He saved the second wave and whoever else was behind them. Yeah. But that, that first wave they went over and in no that one sense, followed. This is them. really brutal to be honest. Like you just said, like it's not the end of the war. So this guy like completed his mission, but he's still there. Like he has to do the same thing the next day. Yeah. He's got to jump Blake. back in another Holy battalion. Yes. Yeah. People that are here, they got to figure their life out. It's just another, it's just another part of another sequence of another battle. Yeah. And who knows? I don't remember when the war ended, but I don't think it was 1917. Let's talk a little bit about um, historical accuracy and whether this is based on a true story or not. This is very loosely based on stories, so it's not yeah, based a on a true story. Stories. Um, but Sam Mendez, the director, um. He, his grandfather was a, what, Alfred H. Mendez. Yeah. He was a runner. So is a a messenger for the British uh, on the Western front. And it says here in this uh, um, article by Time Magazine um, that Alfred H. Mendez was five foot four inches and 19. (laughs) 
So he's five foot four and 19 years yeah. old and he was a runner. And so this is loosely based on stories from, from the runner. And I so mean, young, short, small people, they're harder to see, harder perfect. to hit. Perfect, man. Probably like slightly faster than yeah. like you got. That's, that's your guy. So a lot of the, if you, if you've seen this movie, a lot of the, the shots of them running across no man's land, which is like the, the place between the trenches where, um, where all the fighting happens, um, is very accurate. Um, because a lot of that was based on the stories from, from other guys that were there and, uh, Sam Mendez, the director's grandfather. Yeah. Um, All these sequences of events, some of them were pulled from a story some of them were changed or embellished or strung together with another one, but a lot of it feels like World War One because it's strung together from stories about World War One. Yeah, and they really they really went the realism route in this. Um, they, there's not really much dramatization. Um, the the biggest pieces of dramatization are the the plane crashing like right next to them, which I don't know if that would ever happen. And him like jumping off the river, jumping into the yeah. There's a couple of strokes of luck they get. Yeah, little like okay or bad luck. But But they get they get some strokes of luck. They get some strokes of bad luck. Right, but and again, but I don't know if those were real or not. That could have been an actual thing that happened to Mendez's grandfather. There's some crazy stories about what happened. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, So that was I thought that was really interesting. That was the first thing I did was I googled like is 1917 a true story? And it's based on based on loosely based on different stories and so they kind of made this um so the blake and schofield are completely made up names um, and made up made up characters but these runners they were it's a real thing that's what they did and so that's pretty crazy yeah man let's compare it for a second to some other war films because i know that Dunkirk is at the top of your list. It is. That is true. And this feels really comparable to Dunkirk in my mind. How so? Uh, the vibe in general, the tension, that constant tension. Yes. Um, and the fact that it only happens over a certain period of time and you're jumped right into the middle. Yeah. 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 And some, mm-hmm. like there's not a ton of backstory. Yep. You get to know characters in the moment. Yep. A difference that this film has is you see the face of the enemy. Yeah. You come painfully close to some people and you have to grapple with their humanity. Whereas in Dunkirk, it's just a faceless enemy. True. You never see the enemy in Dunkirk. Yeah. And this one has more violence. Dunkirk to its credit does an amazing job without violence. This movie includes a lot of gritty visceral not as Close much, up not violence. nearly as much as like Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. But yeah, but it's a lot more than Dunkirk. Yeah. And there's, it's not like, oh, like this is a fun family movie. It's fine. There's not much. Like there's some moments that really make you cringe in this movie right off the bat. And just the fact that it's so muddy and dirty yeah. as they go around, that almost makes it worse. Like yeah. that's almost the worst part in my mind. You see their feet just swimming through the mud. Yeah. And the, like there, there's bodies around and it just, feels so dirty and gross and hopeless definitely how do you think this stacks up against let's let's stack it up against three three movies we'll stack it up against dunkirk hacksaw ridge and saving private ryan um i think i think wow that's a hard question yeah i think this has a lot of saving private ryan vibes in it (laughs) 
I think more so than it does. Yeah, yeah. Hacksaw Ridge is by far the most different out of yeah. The Hacksaw four. Ridge is very dramatic. Very dramatic. Yeah, and it's it's uh, playful and it's a love story, yeah. and so it's that based kind of on thing. a true story. It is though, but very it's so dramatized. Based. Yes, it is. But and then Saving Private Ryan is also one of those. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in a few years, but um, it's also uh, very much a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dunkirk as well. And, and it's so, a little more grounded. True. There's, there's some dramatic heroic in it, but it's, it's grounded in a way. Yeah. So how do you think it stacks up? Do you think it's the best of the bunch? Do you think it's the worst? Do you think it's in the middle? It deserves to stay on the list. Time's going to tell a little bit how much it hangs around. But I think because it's so unique, it's going to be up there in those top three war movies people think of. It's interesting because it had a pretty limited release and then it had a wider theatrical release. We've had a hard time tracking it down to watch it recently. (laughs) Um, So maybe a lot of people haven't seen it, but just because it's so unique and well done, I feel like it's going to stand the test of time. It's definitely in my top three war movies. I'd say it's a little better than hacksaw ridge in my mind i love hacksaw ridge but i also love this movie yeah i think they're just so different it's really hard to stack those two in particular up against it yeah um i would say 1917 is not in my top 10 so uh movies of all time um but in war movies hasn't, right but that being said it dunkirk is definitely better than 1917 in my mind <laughs> um because if you've listened you know that dunkirk is my number one um but yeah, man, I Hacksaw Ridge is so different, and it grips me a certain way um, that this movie didn't. But I think this movie's more 1917's more ambitious, and was was a, a better movie in a lot of ways. I think I might like Hacksaw Ridge more, but I think 1917's a better movie. So I would probably put like, if I had to go one through four, one being the best, four being the worst, I'd probably go. Dunkirk, Saving Private Ryan, 1917, Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> That's probably the order I would do for these war movies. But I 100% agree with you. It does deserve to be in this group um, because of how ambitious and different it was. Yeah. I will say it doesn't try to do a lot as far as messages or themes. Which the only is, thing I could draw out of it is like this feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. Whereas something like Hacksaw Ridge, there's such a powerful story and message and all of this woven into it that you receive through it. Yeah. Whereas 1917 is not really trying to hand you anything. True. You feel pretty empty handed at the end, even though you are technically succeeding at this overall mission of this movie. You know, that really makes me think about the longevity of this movie. Cause it's really easy to watch Dun. It's well, it's difficult to watch Dunkirk because there's three different timelines and they're all over the place and all that kind of stuff. But at the very end, it's resolved it's over right at the very end of hack or at the very end of Dunkirk. It's like the war is over. We did it. That doesn't happen in 1917. So I think the hopelessness of this movie makes it harder to rewatch. Sure. Yeah. I think, but that might be, that might be That's part of its uniqueness. It's not trying to say anything too proud about itself. It's just being honest about what this war was. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, that hopelessness might be canceled out by how cool it is. Yeah, it's offset in, a lot. In the, uh, 
you know, all shot in one go type thing. And yeah. so those kind of sort of cancel out. But People I, I would always come back to it for that reason. Like true, nobody even true. knows the movie Birdman, but everybody's heard that it's in one shot. And yeah, so like right. people are going to go back to it because they've heard that it's a one shot movie. Exactly. So that'll keep it on the map if nothing else. Yeah, man. Holy smokes. Brock, are you ready to rate this thing out? Let's do it. Okay. Wow. 1917. Uh, so... Nominated for Best Picture, um, but didn't get it. Uh, Parasite did, um, so I also recommend Parasite. We also did an episode on it, uh, Sam and I did, so I would listen to that as well. Brock, you haven't seen it yet. No. I highly and recommend I you watch Parasite. To experience anything about it, I've yep. tried to keep it as much. Perfect. That's how you should do it. Just so you know, it is in Korean. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. Just so you know. Um, okay, so 1917 got uh, eight, it has got an 8.3 on IMDb. An 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, an 88% audience score. Um, Brock, you want to go first on this rating sure. this way? Yeah. I'm, it's barely a 90 out of 100. I loved this movie. That's a pretty high score for me. If you've been listening to other episodes with me, you're like, no, it's not. But those are Nolan movies, and those <laughs> ones are really good. But um, And let's be real. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so new movies aren't really coming out. So we're really just like, we're really reviewing movies we want to review. Yeah. Not movies we have to. So that being said, like most of the scores are going to be pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so 90 out of 100, I just, it doesn't get those last 10 points because there could have been more character development. There could have been more theme. And I just think as a whole in what movies can do and can be, it didn't hit all the notes. It hit so many. It was really ambitious and successful at what it set out to do. And I I want to give it like a, it's 9 out of 10 for that. But there there was more it could have been. Hugely great movie. Yeah, I'm sitting about a 90. I think, let's see, 89% Rotten Tomatoes, 88% audience score. I think I'm going to give it an 87. I'll go right below that. I agree with you on all the things you said. Um, I think, for me, the rewatchability of this is not super up there. Yeah, because a lot of it's tension. A lot of it's tension. I appreciated it a lot because of VFX, and I like to look for that. But I can see how a second watch might not be as shiny. But I'm kind of like, eh, I'd rather watch Hacksaw or eh, I'd rather watch Dunkirk. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to give it an 87. Um, I liked it and I'm really glad that we watched it and I, it definitely deserved winning cinemat- cinematography and VFX oh, yeah. that year yeah. for sure. Um, so that's, you know, in with that perspective, that'll get a few more watches out of me in the course of time. But yeah, I'd say 87 and uh hot take. I do think Parasite deserved Best Picture over this movie. Um, I think I think Parasite was better. So there you go, man. Psh, yeah. Man, we just pounded that thing out. You want to watch another movie? <laughs> review another one? Let's do it. Let's do it right now. What do you want to do? Uh, Parasite. Parasite. No, it's already no, been done. Yeah, you're Hacksaw. Dang it. No. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, Brock, thanks for joining me on another. Always a good time. Flicks and clicks. I'm not sure. Uh, we still need to do your favorite Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. Well, let's let's uh, let's plan it. Sometime in the next few months, Brock and I are gonna do uh, the Prestige because it's it's his favorite. So good. 
we've had a couple of really good conversations about like things that weren't even mentioned in the movie that we think are are happening. So that might be a long one, but I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, Next week, join us for, let's see, what is next week? Next week, join us for the top five video games of all time hosted by Keelan. Keelan, Tyler, and Daniel, and then a new guest host, Kyle, will be joining on that one. Um, So the four of them are going to share their top five video games of all time. It's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to having a week off, but at the same time, really looking forward to listening to that because I'm going to be like, (laughs) hey, whoa, yeah, you know, just like going in there with it. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Flicks. Next week, we're doing clicks. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the flippy flip. I thought maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something.